Hello, everyone. You're listening to the I Go with Ego podcast, bringing you guests with first-hand experience in studying abroad and seizing personalities excelling in the workforce. We want you to own your journey and be the best you can be. Now presenting your host, Ego Kelly Ekakite. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Go With Ego podcast. I'm so excited. You know, it's still our one year anniversary month, the month of April. So I want to say thank you to everyone, our wonderful guests we've had on the show, our wonderful listeners, and of course, my wonderful guest today, Felon Ferguson. Felon, welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. How's your day been so far? <sighs> so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good to hear. Yeah, that's it's good. a Monday. It's a Monday, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, uh, welcome to the Go With Ego uh, podcast. You know why we do this to help international students, you know, know what they need to do when they come to America and just make them feel comfortable. But first of all, my audience would love to get to know you. They want to know who you are, something exciting about you. So tell us about you, please. Um, okay, my name is Felvin Ferguson. I'm an international student, originally from Jamaica. I came here a couple of years ago um, to do my undergraduate degree. Um, I did that, decided to stay here and, you know, went ahead and did my master's. Um, did that, ended up getting a job. So now I'm on my, in my second master's program and a full-time employee. Yes. Um, I am a data analyst as well as an accountant. So, you know, I kind of do a bit of everything. <laughs> and during my time in college, I was a student athlete. Um, that's pretty much about it. Um, I work in the government industry right now, where I kind of just help government agencies with uh, process improvements um, regarding different processes. Well, that, that's great. That's that's amazing. You know, doing all yeah, these smart fun. things and uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm so proud. I'm, I'm proud. Do you want to tell us your American journey, uh, how you came to America, and why you chose America in the first place? Yes, um, my American journey. So first of all, I came here because I got a, a track scholarship, as we call it back okay. home. So as I said, I was a student athlete. Yeah. So I got recruited in high school, got a full scholarship for track. And mm. that is the reason why I came here, because my other option was to go school back home. But of course, I wasn't getting enough money to fund school back home versus the, you know, the amount I was getting here. So I've decided to, okay, I'll go to the U.S. And yeah. that's um, that's what got me here. Cool. Um, so I came here, I did track undergrad. Um, when I finished, I still had a year of eligibility remaining. And I used that year to take me to grad school. And after, yeah, so it's pretty much tracks that got me here, if yeah. that answers your question. That, that's a good one. You know, people often wonder, when track like track and field brings you to america do they come with scholarships or do they just come with just track and field itself like is it, is it like an is it like a scholarship based track and field or just no they don't come with scholarships okay okay that's cool then uh, i think they, what... they have di- yeah they they come with different scholarships some you know some might be a full scholarship that mm-hmm. take into consideration your housing your books you know everything some might be a half scholarship that only covers tuition 
some might be you know only cover books some might only cover meal plans so there are different um ways a scholarship can be divided up but it just depends on what you get yeah nice. and well, what I, you negotiate of course absolutely then i should have paid more attention to track and field in high school as an international student schooling in america you know what are the most important things one needs to know like the opt the internship and the cpt Yeah, I mean, well, even before we get to OPT, CPT and all that stuff, I mean, the two most important things for me and even others that I've observed was one, you know, just secure, you know, just get in, settled in when you just got here, because Mm. there are things that you need to take care of before you can even think about CPT, like you need to get a social security number. Mm You know, you need to get a state ID. There are things like that that you have to take care of before we even get to CPT. And I always, you know, tell my peers or anyone that, hey, when you get here, the first two things you need to focus on, one, your housing and meal plan, and then two, your classes. You have to make sure you have your class schedule and you have to make sure you know where you're sleeping and you have something to eat. Now, those are the first two things. You need that to make sure you're set. After that, you know, the next step is to talk to your international student office and, you know, get, figure out what you need to go get your social security card figure out what do you need to go get your state ID because every state have different requirements for international students Mm. and those are the first steps because you need social security to go get an internship Mm -hmm. you know um, so that would be my you know like my first thing but as far as CPT I think CPT is the easiest thing you can get as an international student because they're like oh yeah it's just an internship and all you need to do is just apply for it and, you know, show proof that you are authorized to work where the, the social security comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you get that, you get an updated I-20 and that's like the easiest process. Um, I think the hardest thing about CPT is, of course, securing that internship, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But the CPT, is it's like very easy. That's the easiest part of everything. Yeah, the reason why I ask is because most international students feel that they're not allowed to do internships, they're not allowed to work outside campus. That's why I asked the question. Yeah, you can. A lot of people don't know, but you can. And, you know, people will tell you, oh, no, you can't. But you can. You just have to have the right documentation. As I said, you know, apply for the, um, the once you apply for the your social security card and you get it, it, it authorizes you to work, you know, once and then you just need, you have that, you have your I-20, that's enough proof for an international student to be able to work. There is a requirement, like I think you can't work for more than 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there is no other requirements on you know, international student working off campus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and um, when we are done with school as an international student. You come here, you're done with your four years, basic bachelor's. What next? Do we go and get a master's or do we, just, do we go and work? What was it like? What was it like for you? It depends. Um, it depends on your goals, what you want to do. You know, when I finished my undergrad, I had the option of going to Microsoft full time or going to grad school. I knew I wanted to become a CPA. Okay. Um, my school, I went to Clemson for my master's. Um, Clemson with the program and everything you get review classes free so I could review my four section of my CPA for free nice. I mean it's included in the tuition so it's not really free <laughs> <laughs> but you know I could uh, it was setting me on track to mm. get the CPA if that makes sense mm-hmm. 
and so I also I wasn't paying for it out of pocket because I still had track scholarship to cover so I decided to go get my master's but of course if you have a job lined up after you know after school go ahead you know by all means but again it depends on what you want to do what your goals are absolutely well you've heard from my friend Felon Ferguson we'll go on a short break now when we come back from the short break she'll tell us more about H1B visas and how to you know secure a good job after um, your BS here after your studies in America we'll be right back Welcome back from the short break. I still have my friend, Felon Ferguson here. As an international student, of course, what's, what's your advice for prospective and current students with regards to scholarships? I would say, you know, kind of like the, the basis of scholarship is join as much on-campus and off-campus organizations as you can. Mm. You know, people want to see that you're involved and not that you're just book smart. I mean, you know, everybody can be book smart, but what do you do? How do you give back? You know, and that's what people are looking for. So I would say, you know, join as much organization as you can. And the good thing is, these organizations have scholarship for student members. True. My last semester of college, I got over $10,000 in scholarship. And all I had to do was write an essay. I didn't even pay fee because a lot of organizations, your membership fee as a student is free. You know, so all you have to do is just get involved, join all the organizations you're passionate about, you know, just join them. All you have to do is write an essay and it's not going to take you more than a day to put some words on the paper, Mm -hmm. you know, but I would definitely say, you know, go out there, join the organization and see what opportunity they have. And you can get um, internship and even job opportunities through these organizations as well. Yeah, and of course, because we don't have much work time, I tell people, look for the paid internships. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go for the paid ones if possible and, you know, get the money in the bag and help yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, so international students often talk about H-1B visas. They often worry what's next for them when, when they're done with, with um, you know, the, the master's or the BSc and how to secure a job and what to do with getting a job visa, like a H-1B visa. Do you want to explain to our audience what the whole scenario is about? So the H-1B visa, so pretty much it allows you to stay in, um, in the U.S. and an employer sponsor you for a year or however long you get approved for. You don't, again, once you get the H-1B visa, your student status automatically changed. So you're no longer on a student visa. You're on what the H-1B or AKA the work visa now. So you're no longer on student visa. And as I said, it can go from, I mean, I know people get a year, people get three years. So it varies. You never know how long um, you will get. But the process is, it's a lottery. Everyone knows it's a lottery. So you have to just apply and if you get mm-hmm. selected, then you proceed with, you know, with the filing. Yeah. But as the, well, you're called the beneficiary, you don't do anything. If you're mm-hmm. filing, if your company's filing for you, the company whom the petitioner do all the paperwork. Okay. All you have to do is to kind of like, you know, provide your transcripts, your resume, your offer letter, you know but everything else the company takes care of um that again it just depends because you don't get to do a lot true 
you just get selected or you don't. But based on your degree, mm-hmm. you know, how you contribute to whatever work you're doing, the impact you made in your company, having that on your resume goes a long way. So, you know, I always tell people, I say, hey, make sure you keep a track of, you know, all the things that you've achieved while you're at this company. So when it's time for you to apply for your H-1B, you can pull the record and say, okay, this is all the things that I've done. This is how it, you know, it relates to my major. This is how I'm, and and that, it it goes a long way. It goes a long way. I mean, of course, it's one of the most expensive processes (laughs) as well. Because there is a fee associated with it. Mm. And if you get an attorney, of course, that's another additional couple of thousand depends on the attorney fee. (laughs) But um, the H1B, it's you either get it or you don't. But if you have everything that you need, chances are you will will get it. I've known people who got what they call um, RFE, which is the request for additional evidence. Because, like, okay, you have sufficient things here, but I need more proof. Mm. So I had a friend who sent in resume, everything. They were like, well, you know, everything that you sent in looked good. You said you were in school. Send me transcripts or tuition payments to make mm. sure that you were enrolled in, yeah. you know, the ending up. And so just additional stuff, whatever they ask you for. Um, the next thing with the H-1B as well too, you know, they might tell, it's a cap too. So if you have a master's degree, you're in a separate pool, pool from those who are in undergrad. Okay. So if the master cap is 2000 and only 1500 people get selected in the first round, mm-hmm. then they're going to go again and select another 500. So you have another chance of getting selected if you mm-hmm. didn't get selected in the first pool. Yeah. And so it's always going because they, if they don't meet that requirement, you know, the number of people, they will go back and select people again. So you might not get noticed that, hey, you were selected, but a couple months down the road, like we did the pool for 2020 and I have a friend who just got selected last month and it's over a year. It was like, yeah, so, you know, it's, um, it's a pool you never know when you'll get selected people will get selected early some people get selected late but as long as you have the right documents and everything that supports you know what you're doing what you're about yeah. then you're you're on a good path things i've learned from you now is one you have to be in a good path first of all in terms of your documentation and in terms of your uh, personality things you put and how hard not, not really hard working but how dedicated you are to your job yeah. so those, those little details matter a lot because not all companies would want to file for you yeah because you have to be able to say you know, okay this is why you should you should pick me this is yeah. why you should sponsor me this mm-hmm. is why you should invest in me you know so you are putting yourself out there and so they need to see okay if i'm spending all this money on you what am i going to get from you absolutely you know so you have to put a little extra effort in there to stand out from the rest if that makes sense it makes sense and, and it's a good thing because i know of many friends that are worried about h1b worried about what next after school the cool part is that i hope this would help them you know um know that they have to put you know prepare for what's next you know pay attention to the timeline and everything and one next, another thing too, um, you know, there are schools that accommodate students who applied and didn't get. So if let's say you finish your undergrad program and you finish yeah. your OPT, or you finish your master's program and you finish your OPT, but you didn't get selected in the first seat, let's say you didn't get selected, 
there are these programs that allow or that allows you to enroll as a full-time student nice. and you could they have this thing called day one cpt where you can work full-time so you can work 40 hours a week instead of 20 hours nice so they um if you're if you don't get selected for h1b and you're you know you've exhausted your opt yeah. look for schools that offer day one cpt you can enroll in these schools and you could still work full-time thank you for that information i didn't even know about that sir. so it's going to help me as well too so thank you so very much what would you want to tell anyone who wants to follow the same path that felon ferguson followed to come to america what, what do you want to tell them well, my part was a little different. As I said, I did track, so, yeah. you know, but, and then, yeah, but I would say, you know, just do good in school, get involved, because like, it's it's a balance between academics and community service. Absolutely. If the schools see that, you know, okay, you're involved in your community, you're, you know, you, you contribute a lot, you're not just book smart, they will accept you. You know, you write a good personal statement, sell yourself, you're setting up yourself to get accepted. And that's what we want. So I would say, you know, focus on school, focus on getting involved in and around your community mm. and just go out there, look for the schools you're interested in and apply. And a lot of people, a question I get is a lot of people say, well, I don't know what I want to study. That's why I haven't applied to college. I didn't know. I went to college undecided mm. yep. <laughs> until my sophomore year, I decided, okay, I'm going to do business. So you don't have to know what you want to major in to get started. And that's one of the things I've realized a lot of people are like, well, I don't know what I want to do yet. I don't know what I want to major in. You don't have to wait. You can have the degree and do something completely different. True. You know, so my advice would be just to focus on the grade you can get right now and just get involved in your community network mm. and you will go places. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for those powerful words. So, so and on a light note, before I allow you to go, I have a question for you. Okay. If you were a brand, what would your motto be? Oh, what would my motto be? Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a really good question. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, my brand is. And I know this might sound rehearsed, but okay. I always thought they were like, what about you? Well, I was like, well, I'm an individual that stimulates a passion for professionalism and education through mm. leading, mentoring, and sharing my diverse experience. I think, yes. you know, it would, <laughs> it would be yes. something like that. Okay. But yeah, definitely, um, my that would definitely be my brand. Well, thank you so very much for being a wonderful guest on my podcast. So before you go, how can my guests get to reach out to you? Well, you can find us on I have a, on Instagram. Well, okay. There's a business page called Entry Key LLC. That's my business. I also have a business. I don't know. Right. Um, Entry Key LLC. It's the small, um, we help, you know, busy individuals and small businesses with kind of um, financial management. So a lot of nice. bookkeeping, budgeting, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, you can meet me there or my personal handle is Felon Ferguson. So they can find me there as well. Oh. Well, thank you so very much. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Before uh, we go, don't forget there's still COVID out there. So social distance, wear your mask. And if you have opportunity to get a vaccine, which I have gotten, I don't know, mm, I've yeah. gotten a vaccine too. 
Yes, I have. Yes, awesome. Please go out there, get your vaccines, and be safe so that hopefully in the fall we can gather again. We can, we can all can, gather. We can hang out again and we can have drinks again. And that's so simple. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you.